All right. Welcome to the Are You Brothers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> name pending. Love it. Sure. Don't know if uh, that'll work or not, but it is the name for now. Uh, Kurt, why don't you tell us what we're doing here, what uh, this podcast is all about and why we started it? Yeah. Welcome, everyone. So it all started back in October of 2023. We find out that the Foo Fighters, they're going on a stadium tour. And the name of the stadium tour, the everything or nothing at all tour and so called kyle up like kyle foo fighters coming to southern california let's do this got tickets and you know it's it's foo fighters they're classic so you know all the big songs you know like everlong and uh learn to fly one by one but um felt like we could really like get to know them on a deeper level just like go through all their albums just make sure we're like super ready for the concert so i remember calling you up and we're just like hey let's go through all the albums you know take a few weeks at a time for each album we'll listen to it we'll like get to know it better and we'll discuss and we've actually already done the first two albums the self-titled and the color and the shape and it was during the color and the shape i remember you were like hey we should do a podcast so we're like let's do it <laughs> hey everyone so, else does podcasts why can't we you know <laughs> exactly no it was great because like we were already having these chats you know we're not like trying to make a podcast it's just like hey let's talk about food fighters let's talk about these albums go into depth um find out things we may not have known before so now we're hoping to share it with all of you. Yeah, the, another another reason I wanted to talk about all these albums is I remember a couple of years ago we went to a 311 concert and and I consider myself a pretty big 311 fan. I, I love a lot of their music, but then they played a couple of songs that I had never heard, some of their newer stuff I'd never heard before, and I realized I didn't know them as well as I thought I did. And so, you know, I thought going through all the Foo Fighters albums, getting us ready, and you know. Kurt, we've known each other for what, 25 something years now? Oh, close to 25 years? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. We've always been <laughs> big Foo Fighters fans. And and so this this concert of is is kind of like a, you know, finally happening type thing. And and uh, you know, we want to be ready for it. We want to know what's going on. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, I'm excited. It's gonna be a good show. It is. It's gonna be a great show. Uh, we've been th we've been through the first two albums already. Um, didn't record those, but here we are with the third one uh great maybe, album. maybe we could even go back you know yeah once we go through all of them we'll do it like star wars style you know start with <laughs> episode four so we'll so. start with episode three and then go back and do episode one and two after it, we've done all the other episodes yeah yeah exactly <laughs> nice all right man well we got the third album here freaking amazing album i love this album <laughs> um funny oddly enough it's 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 uh, Dave Grohl's favorite album in his in his own words. He likes it, um, and uh, just just because of where I, the great part is 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 how they recorded it. They they were in Dave Grohl bought a house and they were set up a recording studio in that house. Like how cool oh, is yeah. that? So where I they were it. in life, they were just all hanging out, doing whatever the heck they wanted, whenever the heck they wanted, and they're like, hey, you know, when, whenever we feel like it, we'll record and yeah we'll be like it we'll do other stuff well and the name was so fitting for it um yeah dave he was mentioning 
you know, it's about when you experience these emotions after you've been through a long, difficult period, you finally give in to this feeling that um, quite simply, there's nothing left to lose. It can seem positive, desperate, and reckless. Uh, he talks about the band's mood during production. Like, we just wrote off and played like all bets were off. Like, no one was forcing us to be there. So it had to be fun. Songs had to be the best we could possibly come up with at the time. I just, you can really tell as you listen to it that it was just like, they are just having fun. They're like doing what they want. You know, I think we brought it up during the color and the shape that, you know, they, I, I don't remember the exact details, but it was kind of tough. Like they had to like go through takes so many times and, you know, this, they were just super relaxed. Yeah, I, I, uh, going back to the name, nothing left to lose. I, you know, I don't know if it's Dave Grohl's humility or if he just kind of says some stuff after, you know, after so many years, but he says like, there was never any expectation after the pre, after the, the second album. And he said, there's really never any expectation after any of the albums. It's always just kind of been, you know, let's see, it's great. We had a great run. If it ends now, and if it ends today, we had a great run either way. But so nothing oh, yeah. left to lose. Like we're just gonna play some music. We're gonna play awesome music. We're gonna play what we want to play because we really have nothing left to lose. We already made it. We already made this great music. Let's see if we can do it again. Mm -hmm. I love he um, kind of talks about. I mean, well, like you mentioned, they did it in his basement. Uh, he also emphasized like you know they didn't use computers to clean it up or no like Pro Tools or auto-tune anything like that uh, we talked about how it has its flaws but i mean i i think it sounds great i didn't really notice any flaws like oh you know that guitar part right there you know it's it's just solid the thing about flaws and music and flaws and things that people do is is the only people that usually can see those flaws is the people who, the original creators of that Oh, yeah. Art form, you know, like a painter or something like that. Oh, I messed up right there. It's like I never would have known that had you not pointed it out to me. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. They say, oh, there's now that's flaws, all I notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'll notice it if you point one out to me, but I'm not going to notice flaws. Or maybe maybe my ears just not good enough to hear the flaws because it's an awesome I, album. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you're right on point because um, this ended up winning the Grammy award for best rock album in 2001 as as well it should have as well yeah. it should have. <laughs> one one of my favorite parts about this album is uh the fact that they wanted every single song to sound kind of different yes they didn't they they and and i love the rate like you listen to it once through without knowing that and you're like these guys are just all over the place like you got this heavy and hard song you got this light song then you have like uh Aurora, where it's like, you know, nice and peaceful. Uh, you're just all over the place. And then you hear Dave like, oh, we wanted to make every song different. We wanted this one to be like this, this one to be like that. You're like, well, you, you succeeded in that for sure. Yeah, there's for sure. Great, and there's, we, I mean, we've talked about that with the other albums too. There's, there's this range of, of music going back and forth of, of between, you know, pretty heavy or, or, you know, methodical, more, nice and peaceful and it just it just goes back and forth uh but all along that's that's been an intentional aspect of of uh all of his music yeah well, that's something like 
when I look at, you know, some of my favorite albums, like, I, I don't have an exact formula, but I do take notice when there is just like a good variety. Um, I mean, The Color and the Shape, solid album. I, I don't know if I can, you know, say like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, th I think if someone came to me and said Color and the Shape is the best album, I'd be like, yeah, I agree. But also if someone came to me and said there's nothing left to lose, I'd probably agree with them too. So, <laughs> But yeah, I, I do feel like the color and the shape there was, I don't know, like with Doll and um, let's see what else, February Stars and Walking After You, you know, there's like that calm feel to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, you know, some of the songs like Hey Johnny Park, My Poor Brain, Wind Up, you know, like more of a heavy feel. It it just didn't feel like it had that um, different feel like there's nothing left to lose. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you definitely can tell the difference between the two albums. Another, Both good. Another part of this album is uh, Hawkins comes in and does yeah. some of his first uh, un... <laughs> un uh, Oh, how do you say that? Unchanged by Dave Grohl drumming. Um, and in fact, Aurora is 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 one of my favorite songs. I love that song so much. It, it's so great. And, it's a uh, solid one. Apparently, it's it's Hawkins' favorite song uh, that he ever made. You know, from his own mouth because it was the first song that he got to do by himself without Dave saying anything to him about it. Or you know, yeah. I'm sure had input, but you know what I mean. Is like he, he got had that first. Uh, chance to fly free on his own uh, and, and yeah. drums in it. I don't know if you saw, um, but like in the beginning, like it, um, oh shoot, hang on. I guess Hawkins only did about half of these songs. Like Dave did yeah. come in yeah, and yeah. do half. Yeah. But yeah, like um, in the color and the shape, you know, Dave went back and did a lot of the drumming over the previous drummers yeah. uh, tracks. But yeah, like, and I think that goes to show just what a, a humble guy Hawkins is, but also like how good Dave is on the drum still. Like yeah. <laughs> Hawkins, you know, he recognized like Dave's just talent and everything. But um, I mean, even though he's passed away since like, I know a lot of people thought what an amazing drummer Taylor Hawkins was. I actually, um, the YouTube channel of Wired, they did a video, um, people asking questions on Twitter, and it was with the, uh, the police uh, band's drummer, Stuart Copeland. And they were talking about, you know, who's your favorite drummer to see live? And uh, I think he said, like, Buddy Rich. And then he just went on, like, you know, other drummers I really like. First one he said was Taylor Hawkins. I was like, nice. that's awesome. Nice. As, yeah, just going back, it's like, clearly hey, he has skill. But, like, he was humble enough to be like, hey, you know, Dave, maybe I'm not quitting the band. I'll, I'll go on tour, but maybe you should just do the drumming. But clearly an awesome drummer, so. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, you know, you said something about... Um... Dave's talent on drums, and of course he's talented, but I think it's more not the talent because 
you know, Taylor Hawkins, extremely, you know, by any stretch or by any measure, he's extremely talented. I think it was the vision that Dave had for the band and, and kind of, it took a while and, and, you know, he went through a couple other guys that was like, Hey, you don't really share the same vision I share. So I'm gonna find someone else. And finally, um, Taylor's like, Hey, you know, you know, I think I, I think I'm finally getting, and you know, I don't know if this is true, but it, this is what it seems like. It's finally like, Hey, I can see your vision and I think I can replicate that. And I think that's when he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, play the drums on this song, play the drums on this song. Yeah. Let's go with that. And I I think it was not so much a talent or a skill thing. It was, Hey, when are you going to get on board with my vision and see what I see in terms of of music? Well, and speaking of that vision, uh, it kind of reminds me just like the band, turnover that was kind of happening like after the color and the shape and through this album uh we talked about last time during the color and the shape uh pat smear you know the guitarist he announced like he's leaving the band um and they brought in franz stahl he was uh with dave in the band scream so yeah before foo fighters you know he was in nirvana before nirvana he was in scream uh stall he was in like for touring purposes and it was like during this album that uh he fired franz Stahl from the band i think there were those creative differences and like yeah just not being aligned with the foo fighters vision like you mentioned um so like this album was recorded just with the three of them uh dave um Taylor Hawkins and Nate Mendel on bass. Um, for the album, it was those three, but it was after this album. That's when, um, oh shoot, Chris Shiflett joined the band. So he joined as a guitarist, and he's been with the band since then. So yeah. that's that's pretty cool to see. I don't know if you heard much about Chris Shiflett. But he was in bands uh, before this. He was in No Use for a Name and Me First and the Gimme Gimme's. Yeah, I did. I saw the No (laughs) First and the Gimme Gimme's. My uncle Chad introduced me to the Me First and the Gimme Gimme's. And oh, man, they've been one of those like things I go back to every once in a while. They're they're just great. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. When I saw that he was in Me First and the Gimme Gimme's, I got very excited. And then I went back and listened to some. (laughs) it's kind of crazy because like when you look at bands you know if you're just looking at the Foo Fighters you don't always see like the roads each of them took like leading up to this it's not all of a sudden like hey let's you know start the band the Foo Fighters it's like they all had this like long musical path leading up to this and all that experience that they're bringing to the table it's pretty cool it's fun learning about it. It, it. Yeah, and and it's Dave finally surrounding himself with the people that he wanted to be surrounded with, or, or he not even wanted to be, but the people that he knew he could go long term with, or or at least who shared his love, or shared his his vision for what he wanted to do. And you know, it took him a few trial and error attempts, but he finally you know found the people he wanted to be make music with, and and he stuck with them for a long time, which is kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. 
So it's the been, song. Yeah, it's been fun learning about it. Yeah. It's been a and good one. I guess we didn't really uh, talk about the uh, the structure of how we do our talks, but oh yeah, yeah. Typically in the first half we like to talk about like the album in general and like the history and um, just some of the stuff that's happening with the band at the time. Then the second half we kind of transition to the songs, you know, fun facts about that and just go from there. So if, if you've listened this far, then kudos. We we <laughs> applaud you for your patience with us, but <laughs> that's kind of where we go from here. So Yeah, for sure. Some good songs, man. I love it. Like uh so it just let's just go through it. Stacked actors first. Oh man. I I think I listen to this song the most. And and not just because it's track one. Um <laughs> <laughs> I I do love I mean just the the solid intro, you know, you got the I mean, on the drums, it's just simple beat and the heavy guitar coming in. Um, it's just a good start to an album. Um, and then I, I kind of like how it like gets into like more of like the mysterious feel. I don't know how to explain that guitar, but it's just fun. And then like back into the chorus, back into that heavy stuff. Um, solid song. I don't know if you heard the history about like kind of why he wrote this song not this one in particular no okay uh i'm talking about the song but not why he wrote this one okay yeah he's saying like i wrote stacked actors about everything that is fake and that every or and everything that is plastic and glamour glamorous and unreal talking about hollywood nice yeah <laughs> uh it's about having nothing better to do than trying to be other people it really grossed me out Actors just in general make me sick. I might have paraphrased that a little bit, but um, yeah, just the fakeness of everything. I was like, that's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah. Like he's big rock star, but like he hates like all that glamour and all fakeness the fake. and all the fake. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of it's funny because like you know we talked about the history of the album. Well, he was in L.A. and then he moved back to Virginia to record this album it's almost like it's his version of a breakup song almost <laughs> leaving southern california it's like yeah <laughs> no yeah you're absolutely right like hey i gotta get out of there and go back to you know peaceful life and go record in some basement somewhere away yeah from the any nice. any other thoughts you had about that song no it's a great song it's a fun listen too Oh yeah, I, I I've noticed I tend to gravitate more towards their heavier stuff. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. It's, Speaking uh, of heavier stuff, break out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First of all, I love this video. In the it's just it's um, you know, I remember we were talking about the last album. I I I tried to insert my own ideas of of what some of the songs meant. And, you know, I think that's more a reflection of my own personal feelings and what the songs mean to me, um, mm -hmm. especially after the Kelly Clarkson clip. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll, oh, we'll, we'll, talk that. we'll discuss we'll talk about that. that clip next when we talk about Learn to Fly. But uh, yes, I like Breakout because in the video, like it, it shows um, 
you know, he the, the scene in the, where he's in the bathroom and it shows him trying to take two pills and not being able to. And so it's like it's almost like uh, like the the whole fakeness thing, too, as well, where he uh, breaking out of of that whole like, you know, the sweater vest. You know, I don't think Dave Grohl's actually ever worn a sweater vest <laughs> in real life. You know what I mean? Breaking out of whatever he thought he was in into who he was. You know, maybe he was worried about being fake. Maybe he was worried about that. But it's definitely this, the tale of two people and and finally having having enough and breaking out and just being who he is. And oh, that's yeah. when that's when that song gets really heavy. You know, it's nice. it's kind of it's kind of two songs in one almost. You know? Yeah. You know, I. Um, I don't know if this is like actual fact, but just more from my personal memories, but listening to K-Rock growing up, I yeah. feel like if I were to think of the top played Foo Fighter song, first I would say probably the acoustic version of Everlong. <laughs> yes. But um, second, for some reason, I, I go back to Breakout. I feel like just that intro just those lyrics coming out and um, for some reason that sticks out most to me. Not even necessarily saying it's my favorite song. It's a good song, but like, oh, yeah. I just remember that. And uh, Just for copyright purposes, we can't play it, but um, Kyle did say he's gonna sing some of these for us. So. <laughs> I did not say that, and that's not happening. <laughs> when you're ready, when you're ready. Um, also, this is on the um, Me, Myself, and Irene soundtrack. I don't know if you saw that. It's a Jim Carrey movie. I never oh, I know, saw I know, it. I, know the movie. I haven't seen the movie, but I, I, I know the movie. Yeah. I So, funny story about that soundtrack. This was, you know, pre-iTunes. You know, there's, there's a few other good songs, but I really wanted the soundtrack because The Offspring... They did a cover of AFI's Total Immortal. And I really liked the Offsprings version, but I didn't want to pay 15 bucks to get, you know, that one song. It's like, it does have Breakout say, on there, but- Did you say pre-iTunes? Was there was there actually a time before <laughs> iTunes? Did that- Back that in the day, back in the day. <laughs> was it Napster? <laughs> we, we are, we're kind of aging ourselves here, but um, yeah. I mean, I already had There's Nothing Left to Lose. So, I mean, like, I didn't, you know, I always wanted at least, like, three or four good songs on an album before I bought yeah. it. It was always hard to justify buying an album if you only knew a couple of the songs, you know what I mean? Right? So, yeah, I never got it. But anyway, back to the Foo Fighters. <laughs> the important thing was I still had a copy of this album, and I was able to listen to Breakout. Nice. Yeah, it's just a fun, upbeat song. Um, but it's not a true Foo Fighters song without some good old fashioned yelling towards the end. You know, he's upbeat and then like towards the end, you know, during the breakout, he's just like, break out and just yeah. doing his classic Dave Grohl yelling and costume change runs up on the stage. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's classic. Yeah, for good, sure. Good song though. Learn to fly. Oh man, this is a this is a classic. Where oh, where, where to begin talking about this? 
We we begin with the Kelly Clarkson clip because I want to I want to set up a precedent for what this song is actually about before we talk about it. Of course, this is one of the most popular, uh, you know, Foo Fighters songs. It's one of the most popular videos as well. Oh, yeah. um, I I heard him talk about the making of the video, and and uh, you know it was really their idea. Like they didn't have anyone else. So he's like the studio just gave us money to go make it, and we we're like, what if we all just dressed up like every single passenger, and then oh, somehow. Yeah. You know, Jack Black and Kyle end up in there. That Tenacious D's <laughs> classic. But like, anyway, the Kelly Clarkson yeah. clip you sent me just makes it <laughs> so much better because she she starts like I do, imposing this greater meaning, like learning to take off. You're doing your own thing, blah blah blah. And he's like, "Hey, can I burst your bubble?" Like right on our show. He's like, "I actually just wanted to learn how to fly a plane." <laughs> he's like, "This song's." actually pretty literal i wanted to learn how to fly a plane yeah she's like i love that sort and i mean like we're not trying to bash on kelly clarkson oh no she's, not at all but like that, like i said just like, hilarious I moment with some of, her songs, some of his songs that she did like impose that meaning on it it's like yeah nah, that's not what it means <laughs> she's like looking to the sky to save me you know look i love that soaring feeling the paint you paint the visual and i love that there's like that light and that dark and yeah like you said <laughs> at the time i wanted to become a pilot yeah i i love that afterwards she's like after she says it's so literal he's just like that's what i'm saying like for me i want to become a pilot for you you're like i'm so inspired by life and just like kind of like a funny voice imitating her is she had a good laugh too so that's why we can yeah. laugh so yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> But yeah, that was classic. And yeah, the music video, hilarious. If you haven't seen it, you guys have to go check that out on YouTube. Oh, so good. Um, I mean, last chat about the color and the shape, we talked about how classic the music video is forever long. And oh yeah, I, I mean, that's a hard one to beat, but if there's a close second, I think Learn to Fly is definitely, you know, second or if you want to argue it's the first one i wouldn't argue against that so yeah no Fun, I would funny argue video the mentos commercial is is the best that, that one is a good video too <laughs> um, no just knowing so, that like the learn to fly was like their idea for the video was kind of cool too yeah oh and kind of going back to stacked actors how it's like he hates the fakeness of hollywood I think I saw something, you know, he's saying that as well. Um, like they wanted to make fun of other rock videos and like that image and like they just wanted to go do something fun, you know? Yeah, I remember him saying that, making light of other ones and having fun. I remember that. That's a, that's a great point too. Yeah. Um, oh, one other thing. In that video, have you ever seen a more clean cut, clean shaven Dave Grohl. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> His hair is short. He has no facial hair whatsoever. And I'm thinking about, um, I mean, I don't know what he looks like right this minute, but one of his more recent um, performances, you know, when they're doing the Taylor Hawkins tribute, his son is playing the drums. Like his hair is like all long. He's got He's facial hair like very different than this video so yeah <laughs> but yeah it's classic and what a great song 
like oh yeah again it's one of the one of the more popular one of the most popular songs one of the most recognizable songs that they have Mm -hmm. mm-hmm yeah a good one for sure then you have gimme stitches gimme stitches and this one goes into this is like the first one where you're like wait this is foo fighters like this is where it's like (laughs) really like hey he really wanted these songs to sound different like yeah not like a typical just like heavy fast thing but um still a great song you know it's not like anything soft or anything but um yeah he says uh it's sort of a song about a relationship that's dysfunctional and two people who can't get enough of hurting each other and making each other crazy interesting but (laughs) yeah yeah, it's just like a good solid guitar part Uh, the the chorus it's easy to just you know bob your head along to and sing along to good solid song yeah not necessarily my favorite but like it's it's in there when I put this album on, you know, <laughs> it's not one. It's not one that you need to skip to get to the next best song. You know what I mean? Exactly. The albums have those. I feel like I feel like this. There's so few songs on this album that you're like, uh, I'll just go to the next song. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's, it's a, good it's overall pretty, feel. Complete. Yeah. Again, because sure. they just went in there and did what they wanted to do. Exactly. Good song, but I don't have much other. <laughs> info about that song yeah Yeah, nothing else to really say about that uh generator another good another good just classic song i'm just excited to get to aurora i want to talk about that one (laughs) yeah this is a good song yeah this is a good song this is a good song um generator for those looking into you know checking this album out or if you have heard it you know, it talk or it includes the talk box in the beginning where he's just like, whoa, whoa, just that real like electronic sound. I wasn't too familiar with the talk box at first. So I had to like look up um, stuff about it. So I don't know if you've heard. Um, do you know who Peter Frampton is? I know the name. OK, so. Um, in one of the interviews, Dave actually has like a little shout out to Peter Frampton because he uses the talk box. Um, I'm surprised it's taking us this long for me to include a Simpsons reference, but <laughs> there's a, uh, let's see, uh, season seven, I think. Homer Palooza. So the Simpsons, you know, version of Lollapalooza. Um, there's a bunch of bands. Smashing Pumpkins, they're in that episode, Sonic Youth, Cypress Hill, uh, Peter Frampton. Uh, Peter Frampton has a song called Do You Feel Like We Do, where he uses the talk box. So, you know, it's like pretty much take the sounds you hear in Generator and he's singing like, do you feel like we do? Um, Funny part, Jimbo, you know, one of the Nelson Muntz's friend, you know, Nelson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um as peter frampton's doing, yeah, exactly Sorry. <laughs> as peter frampton's playing this song cuts to jimbo and he's just like man that guy's guitar is talking <laughs> so, i thought that was fun um That's so good. 
I also saw a uh, an interview with Peter Frampton. He uh, he's talking about the talk box, and he's like also called you know the robotic voice or the mouth wawa. Um, the engineer in me was very curious, like, okay, what is this? How does this work? Um, but it's saying it allows musicians to modify the sound of a musical instrument by shaping the frequency content. You're with me, right, Kyle? I'm with you. Okay. Shaping the frequency content of the sound and to apply speech sounds in the same way as singing into the sounds of the instrument. So typically a talk box directs sound from the instrument into the musician's mouth by means of a plastic tube adjacent to a vocal microphone. The musician controls the modification of the instrument's sound by changing the shape of the mouth, vocalizing the instrument's output into a microphone. And I saw like a little sample, I still don't fully understand it, but like it almost like your mouth is an amplifier. Like you would play the guitar and like change the shape of your mouth and it like makes those noises. It's like, whoa, 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 I don't know. So in a sense, Jimbo was right. That man, that guy's guitar is talking. Like <laughs> you're using your mouth to, amplify that guitar sound so i thought that was that pretty interesting so interesting yeah i was just looking at pictures of talk box <laughs> so yeah i got i got pretty excited learning about this <laughs> that is really cool yeah i i mean besides no i think um i saw something weezer used it like a few years back as well I'm not too familiar with what they used it for, but I'll have to look into that some more. But yeah, Peter Frampton, I feel like he was kind of like the well-known guy for using the talk box. But yeah, pretty good song. I like how like, yeah, just the, the chorus, like I'm a generator. Um, I enjoyed it though. Yeah. I enjoyed learning about it. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. I didn't know that that's how Talkbox worked. Yeah. I'm going to go look at it and like, uh, like watch someone using it. Oh, for sure. To see how it, to understand it better. All right, I'm done. You can get into Aurora now. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm excited to get into Aurora as well. No, I, 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 like, I like the idea of Aurora because it's... Uh, it's one of the, the, the band's favorite songs. It's... Hawkins' first, you know, song on the drums that that he recorded, and and uh, it is just, I don't know, man. The the intro guitar is just so methodical and peaceful, and then just the whole vibe of the song is just like, it's just like hopeful and like, I don't know, man. It's just such a great song. I really, I really enjoyed listening to it, and. It's just one of those ones you can listen to over and over again. In fact, I um, I said I don't skip over songs, but sometimes because uh, you don't need to. But I uh, I got I got the record, and I would just kind of lift the needle up to the third area so I could <laughs> on on the B side so I could listen to the uh, Aurora a nice. bunch of times. How close to the start of Aurora do you get as you try to find it with the needle? Well, it's actually uh, on the on the album. There's there's two. There's two records and there's an A and a B side on or A B C D side, so you can you can see the gap between, uh, you know, 
generator and Aurora. So I, I get really okay. close. <laughs> nice. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's a clear enough gap to where I can, I can pretty well hit it. But yeah, um, it's a, it, I mean, it's a longer song too. That's the, that's the crazy part. It's the longest song in the album by, you know, over a minute, the longest song on an album. It's mm -hmm. uh, five minutes and 50 seconds. Okay. Yeah. Let's just go into it to try to see how long yeah. it goes. <laughs> and uh, I yeah, know. I feel like, um, like during towards the end of it, I'm like, okay, it's over. But then they keep going, and oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm happy about that. It's good. So, uh, I think Dave said like this is like one of his favorite songs as well. Like he says, like lyrically, it's just kind of a big question mark, but the words sound good, and it's a nostalgic look back at Seattle and the life I once had. Um, so yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, I think I think what I really like about it too. You know, after coming from the color and the shape, you know, we talked about how it has some of those softer songs, you know, like Doll, February Stars and Walking After You. And it's kind of like they didn't want to just like copy and paste, like, oh, let's do this album's soft song. Like, I mean, if you think of it as like, you know, this is Walking After You, they don't just do another like, you know, hymn on guitar. They bring in, bring in the whole band and like it is softer compared to the other ones still. But like I love the inclusion of all the instruments. So I, I, I just enjoy that more than just an acoustic guitar. It's like, let's have all this. I all like that. I like that you said nostalgia, because I think <laughs> even if you didn't know this song when you were younger, I think it still creates that feeling of nostalgia. Cause it's, it's the, yeah. What, what did Dave say? The hope or whatever it was and it feelings of way back when. So they, they had, they had the feeling of nostalgia when they wrote the song. And I think it creates that feeling just cause I don't know. I think that's what good art is too. It's like, it can create those feelings in you. You know what I mean? Oh and, yeah. Uh, just the way the song is, the way it's sung and the, and the lyrics behind it are just like, Hey, let's think back to, to good times, you know? Mm -hmm. For sure. I, and I mean, I'm pretty sure this is, um, you know, a common song that they play on tour. Like, I'm sure bands, you know, all the time switch up the set list, but this is, uh, you know, one that's frequently play, played. So I have no doubt we'll be hearing this on the Everything or Nothing at All tour. Nice. <coughs> pretty good song, though. Good stuff. Yeah. Live All right, and skin. Live and skin. I I like this song and I loved hearing um like while they were mixing the album. Uh he suddenly like Dave suddenly came up with this song. Like he says, we were already finished recording and had a couple days off before mixing, and I came up with this riff. I just thought, you know. All right, like let's record this. So we recorded it in a day and a half while we were mixing, and I'm so glad they did. Like it's it's a yeah. solid song. Yeah, that's cool. Like that's another... cool. I love knowing the stories behind albums, like where the songs come from, because you listen to the songs and you're like, oh, this is so great, and it's like, well, actually, this song almost wasn't on the album. Like right, we just yeah. barely threw it at the last second because you know I just got bored one day and started messing around on the guitar, which yeah. is probably how most of Dave's songs 
<laughs> I was bored one day, started messing around on the guitar, and all of a sudden I just came up with this masterpiece. Right? <laughs> now everyone loves it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good song. I, uh, I'm going to be honest, man. I don't have a ton to say about the next few songs. They're just, they're just solid songs. Next year. Next year. Oh, okay. Funny story about next year. Nice. <laughs> like, as I was listening to it, I'm just thinking, like, this sounds like it should be on a movie or something. You know, I <laughs> I don't have the lyrics. What? It, oh, man. Hang on. Let me pull this up. Yeah, no worries. Um, Where am I? I think he talks about uh, coming home or something. Okay, here we are. Uh, next year? Yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah, just saying, like, I'll be coming home next year. You know, it's like a just kind of a calm song, nothing too heavy. And with that thought, a few days later, I find out this was a theme song for a tv show called ed on nbc <laughs> i i never watched the show but it looks you know kind of like older i don't know maybe early 2000s but my my hunch was correct <laughs> this is funny. yeah this should be on a song it's like actually it is <laughs> yeah well look at this so yeah, pretty good song, though. Nothing too much to say about it besides that. So That's really cool, actually. Yeah. Headwires. Oh, hang on. Headwires. Is this the... Okay. This song, when I first put it on... What's the song? Uh, Gary Newman, Cars. Have you heard that song? <laughs> Probably. I don't know it off the top of my head, though. It it doesn't sound like it, but like the drum intro, like the just the tap tap. And then in Cars, it goes into the song. Uh, the Foo Fighters song goes into the song as well. It sounds like the same style. I I would guarantee you that, you know, Dave, he's a. He's at least a fan of Gary Newman and Cars. It it has the similar vibes. Nice. Yeah. And again, he he names a ton. Like when he <laughs> talks about this album, I don't know if he named uh, Gary Newman, but uh, or Cars, or, but he named like the Beach Boys when he was talking about some of the motivations for this album for individual songs, not the whole album, but you know how how he wanted every song to sound different. So yes, I I think that was the next song actually. One more thing about uh, Headwires though. This was used in the show Daria. Do you remember Daria? <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. I just always remember Daria. The, the, the volleyball flies by. She just holds out her hand. Oh, yeah. Classic. Um, I Apparently, Aurora and Learn to Fly were used in Daria as well. But I thought it was interesting they used headwires. Um, one episode of Daria I remember... I don't know if you remember the the jock football player Kevin. Yes, <laughs> Kevin was uh, the boyfriend of of the other girl. Yeah, uh, what was her name? Anyway, I remember uh, he was talking to Daria, and he wanted to be smarter. So, Daria. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't remember. That's what I remember him sounding like. It's probably nothing like it, but. <laughs> that sounded pretty good from what I remember. But he was like, so Daria, I got these glasses. I didn't want to become too smart. Or I wanted to get, become smart, so I got these glasses. But I didn't want to be too smart, so I took out the lenses. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just remember watching that when I was younger. I was like, "This guy, this guy's onto something." Was, <laughs> I took out the lenses. It's like, yeah, you're just not very smart. I, I gotta look this up because uh, I don't remember too much from the show, but I remember that and just remember laughing. But yeah, Headwires, other Foo Fighter song, Zendaria. That's awesome, man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's a, that's just the fact that we've named two songs. You know, the last two songs have both been used in other aspects of pop culture is like a testament to this album as well. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. It's so yeah, it's just it's widely used. Uh ain't the ain't it the life. And going back to the Beach Boys, I think it was yeah. this song that he mentioned the Beach Boys. Well, and he yeah. talks about like the album in general, how like, you know, like you might hear stacked actors and think, you know, oh, I guess this is the vibe the album's going. And then you listen to something like Ain't It The Life, and it's like, oh, I guess if you listen to just this song, they're like, oh, Foo Fighters are going in the Beach Boys direction. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's just great. It's, it's cool to have, to be able to enjoy the, the variety of music in it. It's not, and I think that's one of the reasons this album's so special is because it, despite the fact that they go all kind of not all over the place because it's still a Foo Fighters let's be let's be clear there but it does like kind of range back and forth but it still draws draws you in the whole time so it doesn't it's not just the same same thing over and over again because a lot of bands you can listen to especially bands from when we were maybe not younger but a little like you know from when we were in high school like there's a lot of similar songs in those bands. I won't name any names. I don't want to like, <laughs> you know, to tear anyone down. But like you, you can tell. But here is like it, you can still feel the Foo Fighters vibe, but it's it's just different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, and he talks. He relates this to going back to Virginia as well. It's funny because I I feel like Stacked Actors. That's like his breakup song. He's like getting all that angst out that anger but for ain't it the life you know it's a little more calm it's almost like this is the song about like arriving where he wants to be like back home uh yeah he says like living in los angeles for a year and a half i think it ignited that hatred that i'd had for so long of things that are false and glamorous and just not real getting back to virginia was such a nice feeling of community family and the DC music scene, old friends, and things that I'd never lost, but felt like I needed more of in my life. So yeah, and he says, so ain't it the life is just kind of about living that quiet Virginia life. So, and the song just definitely has that feel. It's like, once he's arrived back home, he's like, okay, you know, I can relax. And yeah, you know, just the title of the song, you know, ain't it the life. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So. But uh, yeah, last once song. He, once he has oh. that life, he goes MIA. <laughs> exactly. 
Although, like, to be fair about about uh, the direction of the album or, or whatever, you you know, because it kind of does kind of go in that order where you're like, okay, stacked actors, now he's breaking back into his thing. He's he's going away and all that stuff. And then Ain't It the Life. But then MIA is more of an emotional, like, um, he, he's talked about how it's, it's uh, MIA feeling-wise, like he's, he's going away emotionally, you know what I mean? Um, it wasn't yeah. so much he's going away, but it was... It was um, it was not it was going away from feeling things like he was numb emotionally numb is what it was yeah in his words and again paraphrasing something he said but yeah <laughs> emotionally numb for sure man just a great album though yeah all eleven songs I was um. <laughs> Just trying to think, um, you know, I, you know, we talked about how we have like a Mount Rushmore of songs, and yeah, yeah, I'm thinking like I'm gonna have to have a top ten as well. Uh, there's just so many good songs, but then I'm thinking like I'm gonna need a top ten just of this album. <laughs> <laughs> give give me the, the Mount, top the ten. Mount Rushmore of of uh, there's nothing left to lose. Yeah. Give me the top 10 of these 11 songs. So <laughs> <laughs> the only way yeah. that works is I guess if you put them in order, but then that even that's hard. Yeah. I yeah, I I was going to ask, do you have at least like a favorite song from this album, but I think I already know what yours is. Dude, it's it's I love Aurora, but I Breakout is just such a good song and mm. it, it's hard it's hard they're all great but like i would probably go with aurora although oddly enough my favorite song on the uh fourth album is one of their harder songs but <laughs> this album is one of their lighter songs nice. uh, but yeah i'd probably say aurora but real close behind is breakout okay nice um and then real close behind breakout is learn learn to fly just i think more learn to fly because it was one of the ones i listened to so much growing up yeah you know? it it really has that nostalgia factor for yeah. us i'd say like yeah just listening to it growing up you know getting that soaring feeling and no <laughs> but there's so many i mean it's us so, wanting so to become pilots <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i I think I would have to go with stacked actors. There's something about it. It just like makes me want to rock out. Um, yeah, right. It's a good one. I I mean, like before listening to this album in depth, you know, I had all the classics like, oh, yeah, this song, this song. But like just um, unintentionally, I just kept going back to stacked actors. And I was like, this just makes me want to rock out. It's a good song. That is, I like it. In fact, uh, I had it. I, I the, the uh, I, uh, in my record player, I have it on A side, and I would just press play, and then it would end. I'd stop it and press play. My daughter sang this one along. <laughs> so that's how many times I listened to it. My seven year old started being able to sing it along with me. Nice. Oh, speaking of. Oh, yeah, for sure. Favorite songs. I interviewed my son. Andrew, eight years old, he clip. gave a gave a review of Learn to Fly. Let me play that for you guys real quick. 
give me give me a thumbs up if you can hear it all right let me press play all right andrew so that song is learn to fly by the food fighters what is your initial reaction to that song what do you I, I really liked it it was pretty cool like i really like the chorus like it like in basically in like all songs i love like the chorus because it gives me like that feeling where i just like want to rock out it's like I love yeah it. <laughs> that's awesome so the chorus that seemed to be your favorite part did you like any specific musical instrument that was in there or just the energy that you felt? Um, mostly the energy, but like, I do like how his voice sounds. I think it's Dave Grohl, the singer. That's right. Yeah, I really like how his voice sounds and the guitar is pretty good. Excellent. Any other final thoughts on the song or pretty uh, much said what you wanted to? Yep, that's all for me. Love it. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, bye. That's Andrew for you guys. That's so great. First of all, I love that kid. <laughs> Second, he probably analyzed that song much better than I did. Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> the He's... singing and the chorus breakdown of, of and I'm like, <laughs> that's a lot better than what I said. <laughs> I thought great. you did a good job, but yeah, and Andrew, <laughs> Andrew got excited the fact that's that we're awesome. making a podcast. I was like, Andrew, you want to be in this? He's like, Yeah, yeah. That's so, great. But yeah, so we talked about the history, we went over the songs, gave a little ranking at the end there, and any other final thoughts about the album, Kyle? Just just a classic, like, I, I uh, well, you know, we talked about having a hard time buying an album back in the day, because, you know, first of all, you're just a broke kid, you don't have anything, <laughs> and so, like, spending 15 to $20 on an album is huge, but like with this one, I didn't even think twice about it. It was just like, oh yeah, for sure. Like there's so many good songs there. Why, you know, I didn't even have to consider not getting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well-rounded, interesting album. Good stuff. Well said. I'm I'm guessing of the rest of our reviews, like this is probably going to be the longest one <laughs> probably probably although i, I will mean, say next album has one of my mount rushmore songs on it i will not divulge yet which nice. one it is but i'm sure you can okay. probably guess and no it's not times like these i think i might know what it is and you <laughs> said it was one of the heavier ones so Indeed. yeah next album next album review one by one yeah um yeah, and then, well, I mean, if we go back and do The Color of the Shape, like, we, we I think we spent about an hour discussing that one. Yeah. But may, maybe since we already discussed it, we'll be more, like, efficient. Maybe it'll be shorter anyway, but... Yeah, for sure. We'll see. We'll get, we'll get better at this and, and uh, more concise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think an album like this, we needed to, like, really go into it, though, so... There's anyway. so much, I mean, it's just so fascinating. There's so much history behind it. And you could do this with anything, you know what I mean? Like any album, any song, but, you know, just just diving into, it just makes you appreciate the art so much more when you understand the artist and when you understand the history behind the making of the art. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. So the fact that they were, 
you know, what Dave Grohl had been through in his life, all the stuff leading up to what he'd been through. Um, and there really was the vibe of there's nothing left to lose. Like mm -hmm. there really isn't. So we're just going to go down here and we're going to make the best possible album. We're going to only put in the songs that we want to put in. Uh, the the only songs that that we want to do, we're not going to be part of anything else. We're just going to put these songs together. And, Love it. Uh, yeah, it's just good. For sure. Which is probably I, why it took so long because they they only put the songs on that they wanted, and, and yeah, you know, nothing yeah. else. Didn't do it for anyone but themselves. Ended up winning a Grammy for it too. Yeah. Well, good, good stuff, stuff, man. One by one, coming up next. Get ready. I'll be ready. <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us today. And uh, we'll see you again. All righty. Have a good one.